Uh, thanks for having me back here. Good. To, where's Tim today? Is he preaching somewhere else? Okay. Okay. Wow. What a guy. Um, so today's going to be a little different, and uh, we'll, uh, we're going to start off the new year in a, in a, a different way, and that's all right. And we'll just have to put up with it. So that's, <laughs> that's the way it is. Um, start off with a little bit of, of testimony. Personally, I know some of you have known me a long time. Some of you don't know who I am at all, but that's okay. I was, uh, I was raised in Tacoma, and I was saved um, when I was 11 years old, August 6, 1963, a little Bible camp down by uh, Des Moines. And uh, <clears throat> I grew up in a church that didn't really teach me the Bible very well. It was a church that was mainline denominational, and I, I always knew that the Bible was important, but it was like, okay, they tell stories. I knew all the Bible stories. I have my little original Bible still on my shelf, and uh, I, when I was just a little kid, I'm, I must have underlined verses in it. I can go back and see when, what jumped out at me when I was, you know, five, six, ten years old, something like that. Um, I've kept it as a kind of a, a stake in the ground because of the, on the front of the Bible or in the, the first page, I wrote down, I became a true Christian August 6, 1963 at Covenant Beach Bible Camp. And uh, that has been a wonderful thing for me to look back at and remember. I don't know if some of you may have something like that somewhere where you, you can remember that time and date, but that's, that's always been precious to me. But I didn't really connect with, with God in his word for, for years. Um, <clears throat> and so what happened was, uh, just you know, doing the same old everybody else, growing up and going on to school and going on to college. I went to college in Seattle, and while I was there, it was a really bad time in my life. I was, uh, it was one of these quote-unquote Christian liberal arts college. My, my roommate was selling drugs out of his, our room. It was like, what's going on here? I didn't know anything about this stuff. It was, it was strange to me. I didn't really know what life was about. And I knew, often I knew I was a Christian, but sometimes I didn't want to be. And sometimes I didn't know if I was. Fortunately, sometime in 1971 or two, I, my sister had gone to this little church in Ballard. <laughs> and, uh, and because of that, I thought, well, I grew up going to church. I, I better go to church. So I went to this little church in Ballard, and it was, a, it was a strange church. It was a good church, but the pastor there was, he was on fire, gung-ho, so much so that he... If you, weren't, if you didn't have your notebook in church taking notes, he would call you out. Never have happened here, I know. <laughs> have you ever, you know he, he would actually point people out, are you taking notes today? And, and you got your notebook, and, and so, okay. Yeah, so I, have my little, I still have that little spiral thing that I took notes in. And uh, I, I remember that sense that what impressed me most was that the answers are in the Bible. And, and I need it. Because like I said, I, was, I knew I was, I thought I might be a Christian, but sometimes I wasn't sure. And actually sometimes I didn't want to be. Because I realized that somehow God was getting in my way of things I wanted to do. Uh, so I, I had this impression, though, that my life was not what it should be, and the answers were in the Bible. And it was through that, a couple of years of really not very good time in my life, uh, I got 
I decided to give the Bible and God a chance. And so I went to Ecola Bible College down in Cannon Beach, Oregon, on the facility of Cannon Beach Conference Center. And uh, it was there through the teaching of God's Word that all of a sudden life started to come into focus. What, what it was to be a Christian, why I was a Christian, who God was, and it was all in the Bible. And the answers were there, and life started to make sense. And it was at that time that I was challenged in 1973 to, to make this my life, to start reading the Bible every day, to make it a, a purpose and a commitment for the rest of my life to read through the Bible every year. And, and so I have. Since 1973, I've read through the Bible every year. And then I've made up my own little way to do it. I have actually, I read through the New Testament twice and the Psalms twice and the rest of the Bible once. Every year for the last almost 50 years, I guess. And it has been the foundation of my life. I tell people, I was talking to my friend TJ who drove me over here this morning. My wife Casey wasn't able to come. She's had some eye issue and, and uh, doesn't want to be seen in public with her bloodshot eye or whatever. No, but she's, she's doing better. But um, I was telling TJ this morning on the way over, I've, I've done a lot of things in my life. I mean, I've, I've been a, a firefighter for 25 years. I was an EMT. I was a hospital chaplain. I was uh, driving ambulances. I was a, a high school tennis coach. I did coach here at Lake Stevens before we left here. I, I've been a husband, a father, a pastor. Uh, I... I I would have to say, and I'm, I'm just throwing this out there, I don't care what your opinion is, my own opinion, <laughs> is that all right if I say that? <laughs> I, I would have to give myself in all those areas of my life a B, a grade, you know, a, a 7 out of 10, 6 out of 10 maybe. I just, I've never felt like I've been really good at anything, but I've been pretty good at a lot of things. But when it comes to reading my Bible... The last 50 years, I have to give myself 10 out of 10. And I would have to say that this has been the reason that life has been good, that my marriage has been good, that my family has been good. My, my three daughters, I never push it on them, but they all use my read-through-the-Bible method now. And they, they said, how do you do it, Dad? And so I gave them my list of how to do it, and they all do it now. Like, I, cool, that, that blesses me, but, you know, I didn't put that on them. They just decided to do it. it was, I, I, I love the saying, there's, there's no stronger teacher than example. In fact, it's the only good teacher. Um, so anyway, reading through the Bible has become my life. It's been the most important thing in my life. And today, January 1st, Matthew 1 and 2, Psalm 1. Genesis 1 and 2. I'm on my way, on the trip. And every year, something new. Every year, something, oh, I didn't see that before. How did I not see that before? Every year, God tells me the stories again. Every year, God reminds me of how he works and who he is and what he's done and what he's doing. Every year, over and over and over again. You know, prayer, I tell people, you know, the Bible says we should pray a lot. And, and you know, a lot of times, like, oh, what do I pray about? You know, or I'm just praying God bless this and that. Prayer is not 
just telling God what to do or what we want. It's listening to him. It's a conversation where he talks to us, and this is how he talks to us. It's through his word. His word, once spoken, continues to speak, Tozer said. So this morning... um, I told you uh, when I preached here the last couple times the last few months that I started when I was 62 years old, eight years ago, memorizing a psalm every year. I started with Psalm 62 and I turned 62. And then I memorized four or five or six psalms and then I gave up because it was like, wow. I got to Psalm 68 and it was really long and I said, I couldn't do it. Nonetheless, memorizing that, those several psalms that I did has impacted my life powerfully in ways I never imagined, to be able to ponder and think about and pray the Word of God. Um, But anyway, the funny thing is that I have been asked, every time I mention that, the first thing that somebody says is, well, what are you going to do when you come to Psalm 119? And my answer is, I'm not going to be here. <laughs> I want to be in heaven. So it might be easier at that point, or I'll have forever. But uh, Psalm 19, we're going to look, 119, we're going to look at this morning. And um, I'd like to just set the stage here a little bit by telling you some things about it. Maybe you know some things about Psalm 119. It's the longest chapter in the Bible. There's 176 verses. There are uh, 22 stanzas. And it's an acrostic psalm. Do you know what that means? It's based on the alphabet, the Hebrew alphabet. There's 22 Hebrew letters. And of these 176 verses, there's 22 stanzas, one for each letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Do you know the word alphabet comes from alpha, beta, from the two first letters in the Greek alphabet? Uh, That's an I. I don't want to lose you here before we even get started. <laughs> so anyway, in these 22 stanzas, like the first stanza, the first eight verses, uh, based on the, the Hebrew letter Aleph, every verse, all eight verses, the first word in that, in that stanza begins with the letter A, or Aleph. So, and that goes on through the whole psalm. So in the second eight verses, the second stanza, all the first word starts with B or beta or, or Beth in the Hebrew language. And, and so it's a, it's a really interesting psalm just for that. But more importantly, the entire psalm is about God's word. It's all about the Bible. There are 176 verses. All but five of them mention something, uh, some synonym for the word of God. The synonyms are the word, or commands, or precepts, or laws, or rules, or statutes, or testimonies, or ways. Uh, some versions use a couple maybe uh, different words translated, but ordinances you may see in, in your translation. But those are the words, except for five verses that don't mention any of those. But interestingly enough, six verses... Um, Use two words for the Bible in him. So I, it's fascinating for that reason. But the thing is, and, and this goes all the way back to 1971 when I went to this little church up in Ballard. And the pastor there, I don't know where he got this, but I've always just kind of thought this. 
It's obvious as you read the psalm that it's written by a young man who was going to rough times. He was being persecuted. He was having struggles, and he, he discovered that for him, it was the word of God that would get him through. And that was the only thing. And so he composed this psalm about God's word and how, how much it was a part of his life and how much he needed it. The pastor that spoke there in Ballard in 1971, his take on the psalm was that it was written and meant to be memorized. There you go. And that this acrostic setup was a tool to help the composer remember it as he composed it. So that it was all by this, eight verses by this later. Eight by this, and he, everybody knows the alphabet, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. You know that. Well, what if you composed a psalm with those letters? A, A, B, B. And it helped him to memorize it. And this pastor said he was composing it in his mind, not writing it down. He was composing it on a journey as he was being taken captive on the 22-day trip from Jerusalem to Babylon at the destruction of Jerusalem. That was his take on it. I take it, I wonder if maybe Daniel wrote it. And what we know about Daniel, a young man committed to following God at any cost. That's just something to ponder. I don't know that I could prove that or where he got that. He was quite the student of scriptures. But you, you will find as we read this psalm, all 176 verses this morning, that it does have that young man in a, a difficult time saying, I need the word of God. I need to cling to it. I need to meditate on it. I need to hold it dear. His laws, his commands, his statutes, his decrees, those are my life, my hope. And I'm re- I want us to read this in the morning. We're going to tag team read it. I've asked Ken and, and John to come and help me. We're going to take a stanza each. And if you have your Bibles, you can follow along. I don't know if you found it to put up on the screen. No. Um, so we're going to read the whole psalm. It's going to take about 35, maybe 40 minutes to read it. Uh, but I want you to see that it's all about the Bible. And then I want to close with a challenge to you. Maybe you read the Bible every day. Maybe you don't. But how valuable, how essential the Word of God is to you. I want you to see what it was to the young man who composed it. And I want, you to, I want this to impact our hearts today. So, I think I've said all I want to say about that. Uh, let's pray before we do, and then John, again, if you would come up. God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for the Bible. It is precious. It is precious to me. I know for many here, it is, it is precious. It is your word that you have spoken. And, and when we read it, we hear your voice. And it's the way you tell us what's important and what's, what's to value and what we need and what you love and what you hate. And I pray this morning that we would gain a deeper appreciation and a challenge to, um, to love and to read your word. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Okay, John and Ken, come on up. I said we're going to tag team. You guys can just jump in. We're going to read eight verses uh, at a time each. I think you're reading out of the King James. Ken, what are you reading out of? Same one? Okay, I got the NIV. Forgive me for, but that's, I've come, I grew up with the King James, but I've devolved or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Um, Eight verses each. The first uh, stanza is based, and you don't have to pronounce the Hebrew letters as we go along, but the first eight verses are Aleph. Blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Deal bountifully with thy servant, that I may live, and keep thy word. Open mine eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not thy commandments from me. My soul breaketh for the longing that it hath unto thy judgments at all times. Thou hast rebuked the proud that are cursed, which do err from thy commandments. Remove me from... Remove from me reproach and contempt, for I have kept thy testimonies. Princes also do sit and speak against me, but thy servant did meditate in thy statutes. Thy testimonies are also my delight and my counselors. I am laid low in the dust to preserve my life according to your word. I recounted my ways and you answered me. Teach me your decrees. Let me understand the teaching of your precepts, and then I will meditate on your wonders. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me through your law. I have chosen the way of truth. I have set my heart on your laws. I hold fast to your statutes, O Lord. Do not let me be put to shame. I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes, and I shall keep it unto the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law. Yea, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Hmm. Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. 
Incline my heart unto thy testimonies, and not to covetousness. Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken me, thou me, in thy way. Establish thy word into thy servant, who is devoted to thy fear. Turn away my reproach, which I fear, for thy judgments are good. Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. Quicken me in thy righteousness. Let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation according to thy word. So shall I have wherewith to, wherewith to answer him that reproacheth me, for I trust in thy word. And take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in thy judgments. So shall I keep thy law continually forever and ever, and I will walk at liberty for I seek thy precepts. I will speak of thy testimonies also before kings, and will not be ashamed. And I will delight myself in thy commandments, which I have loved. My hands also will I lift up unto thy commandments, which I have loved, and I will meditate in thy statutes. Remember your word to your servant, for you have given me hope. My comfort in my suffering is this, your promises preserve my life. The arrogant mock me without restraint, but I do not turn from your law. I remember your ancient laws, O Lord, and I find comfort in them. Indignation grips me because of the wicked who have forsaken your law. Your decrees are the theme of my song wherever I lodge. In the night I remember your name, O Lord, and I will keep your law. This has been my practice. I obey your precepts. Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep thy words. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. I thought on my ways and turned my feet into thy testimonies. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. The bands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten thy law. At midnight I will rise to give thee th thanks unto thee, because of thy righteous judgments. I am a companion of all them that fear thee, and of them that keep thy precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. Teach me thy statutes. Thou hast dwelt, excuse me, thou hast dealt well with my, thy servant, O Lord, according to thy word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept thy word. Thou art good, and thou doest good. Teach me thy statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in thy law. It is good for me that I have been afflicted that I might learn thy statutes. Mm. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Your hands made me and learned me. Give me understanding to learn your commands. May those who fear you rejoice when they see me, for I have put my hope in your word. I know, O Lord, that your laws are righteous, and in faithfulness you have afflicted me. May your unfailing love be my comfort according to your promise to your servant. 
Let your compassion come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. May the arrogant be put to shame for the wronging, uh, for wronging me without cause, but I will meditate on your precepts. May those who fear you turn to me, those who understand your statutes. May my heart be blameless toward your decrees that I may not be put to shame. My soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. Mine eye fail for thy, thy word, saying, When wilt thou comfort me? For I have become like a bottle in the smoke, yet I do not forget thy statutes. How many of the days are, thy, are the days of thy servant? When wilt thou execute judgment on them that persecute me? The proud have dig pits for me, which are not after thy law, and thy commandments are faithful. Thy, they persecute me wrongfully. Help thou me. They had almost consumed me upon the earth, but I forsook not thy precepts. Quicken me after thy long loving kindness, so that I so shall I keep thy testimonies of thy mouth. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinances, for all are thy servants. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine affliction. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. For I am thine, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path, so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy word. Accept, I beseech thee, the free will offering of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is con continually in my hand, yet I do not forget the law. The wicked, wicked have lain laid a snare for me, yet I err not from my precepts, from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined mine heart to perform thy statutes only, even unto the end. I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. Depart from me, ye evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me according unto thy word, that I may live, 
and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Hold thou me up, and I shall be safe, and I will have respect unto thy statutes continually. Thou hast trodden down all them that err from thy statutes, for their deceit is falsehood. Thou puttest away all the wicked of the earth like dross, therefore I love thy testimonies. My flesh trembleth for fear of thee, and I am afraid of thy judgments. I have done what is righteous and just. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Ensure your servant's well-being. Let not the arrogant oppress me. My eyes fail looking for your salvation, looking for your righteous promise. Deal with your servant according to your love. and Teach me your decrees. I am your servant. Give me discernment that I may understand your statutes. It is time for you to act, O Lord. Your law is being broken. Because I love your commands more than gold, more than pure gold, and because I consider all your precepts right, I hate every wrong path. Thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore doth my soul keep them. The entrance of thy words giveth life, it giveth understanding mm -hmm. unto the simple. I opened my mouth and, and panted, for I long for thy commandments. Look thou upon me, and be merciful unto me, as thou usest to do, used to do unto those that love thy name. Hmm. Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Deliver me from the oppression of man, so that I will keep thy precepts. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant, and teach me thy statutes. Rivers of water run down mine eyes, because they keep not thy law. Righteous art thou, O Lord, and upright are thy judgments. Thy testimonies that thou hast commanded are righteous and very faithful. My zeal hath consumed me, because mine enemies have forgotten thy words. Thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loveth it. I am small and despised, yet do not I forget thy precepts. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law the truth. Trouble and anguish have taken hold on me. Thy commandments are my delights. The righteousness of thy testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding, and I shall live. I call with all my heart. Answer me, O Lord, and I will obey your decrees. I call out to you, save me, and I will keep your statutes. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I put my hope in your word. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. Hear my voice in accordance with your love. Preserve my life, O Lord, according to your laws. Those who devise wicked schemes are near, but they are far from your law. You are near, O Lord, and all your commands are true. Long ago I learned from your statutes that you established them last forever. Consider mine affliction and deliver me, for I do not forget thy law. Plead my cause and deliver me, quicken me according to thy word. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they seek not thy statutes. Great are thy tender mercies, O Lord. Quicken me according to thy judgments. Many of thy per are my persecutors and mine enemies, yet I do not decline from thy testimonies. 
I beheld the transgressors and was grieved because they kept not thy word. Consider how I love thy precepts. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy loving kindness. Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Seven times a day do I praise thee because of thy righteous judgments. Great peace have they which love the law, and nothing shall offend them. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept thy testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precepts and thy testimonies for all my ways for thee. May my cry come before you, O Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. May my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your promise. May my lips overflow with praise, for you teach me your decrees. May my tongue sing of your word, of all your com- for all your commands are righteous. May your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let me live that I may praise you, and may your laws sustain me. I have strayed like a lost sheep servant, for I have not forgotten your commands. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his word. Thank you, man. <clears throat> Did you get the point? <laughs> Did it sink in? Oh, there's something here that I need. Something here that I can't live without. Something here that will sustain me through persecution, through hardship, through my own failures. Let me recount some of my favorite verses. Great peace have they who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. Your promises have been thoroughly tested, and your servant loved them. Loves them. The unfolding of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. I have more understanding than my teachers. I meditate on your statutes. You are good. We sang that, didn't we? And what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. Turn my life, my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. Psalm 119 has impacted me deeply. I read it twice a year in one sitting. And this makes three now for this year. Uh, Actually, it's a new year. (laughs) 
you're not a Christian here today, and I don't know everybody here, but God knows your heart. If you're not a child of God, this is the answer for your life. It's who God is. It's what he wants for you. It's in his word. There's nowhere else you're going to find the meaning of life, the purpose for you that God has for you, that the creator of heaven and earth has for you. And he knows you perfectly and intimately. And it's in his word that he speaks to you. One of my favorite things I, I learned years ago, and I, I like to share this with people, but <clears throat> maybe it's a little strange. Um, and it's the question, how did, how, did, how did deaf people hear? They hear with their eyes. Do you want to hear God's voice? It's here. It's reading the words of God that you hear the voice of God. It's how God speaks to us. You hear his voice with your eyes. Jesus is the word of God. He is the word became flesh. But when you read the word of God, you are spending time with Jesus, the word of God. They are inextricably combined together. It is the word of God and the word of God is where you find God. Paul wrote to the Romans, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Peter said, you have been born of God uh, through the living, enduring word of God. You've been born again through the living, enduring word of God. It's how we become Christians, by the seed of the word planted in us that bears fruit to eternal life. If you're a Christian here today, I want to challenge you. Maybe you, maybe you already are committed to reading the Bible. Forgive me for being blunt, but I say, if you're a Christian here today and you're not committing to the read of, reading of the Word of God, why not? Why not? Why would you not want to hear from your Savior day after day after day what he has to say to you? Why would you not want to spend a time every day listening to his voice because someday you're going to stand before him <laughs> there was there's a funny story of a pastor that went to have dinner with a family and uh, one of the little kids in the family said mom when the pastor was here he stole one of our knives and she said he wouldn't do that he's a godly man so anyway, time went by, and she noticed that there was a knife missing from her drawer. It's like, why would he do that? Sometime later, <clears throat> Pastor asked her about how she was in reading the scriptures. She said, oh, Pastor, I read it every day. About a year later, he said, did you ever find your knife? I, I put it in your Bible. There's all kinds of reading plans out there to help you read through your, the Word of God. You can go online and research. There's any number of ways to do it. But do it. Today's the first day of a new year. Make the commitment to read through the Bible this year. I challenge my congregation on the island every year, read through the Bible with me this year. And I'm amazed that some still don't get it. I went to Multnomah uh, 
School of the Bible after Ecola Bible College. And the founder of that school, Dr. John G. Mitchell, great, great man of God, who was committed from the first days of his uh, new birth into the family of God to reading through the scriptures every year. He read the Bible so much that by the time I was in his uh, class, when he was in almost 90 years old, he had pretty much memorized the Bible by just reading it over and over and over again. He would stand at the front of this class, and he would say, it was so funny, he would say, well, you know what it says in Isaiah? He was Scottish, or Irish, I can't remember. Um, it says in Isaiah, chapter, and he would start quoting through Scripture, and he would look around and he goes, don't you read your Bibles? But he would just read down the page because he could see it in his mind's eye. I want to be like that. I want to have the Word of God such a part of me that it, it flows out of me, that it changes the way I think, the way I talk, the way I deal with people, the way I love, the way I serve, the way I give. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. The Word is alive and powerful, able to discern soul and spirit, divide it's the way God deals with our hearts to make us new. Do you read your Bible? Why not? Are you committed to hearing his voice? If not, why not? If you're not saved here today, it's here that you will meet God and he will make himself known to you. I challenge you, by the word of God, to be people of the book, people of the word. When you come to Leviticus, you'll say, I can't do this. <laughs> Anybody been there? <laughs> Leviticus is the most precious book in the Bible. I know it's hard, but you'll never understand the book of Hebrews unless you understand the book of Leviticus. It's full of sacrifices. And then the writer of Hebrews says, by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. And we have a new and greater high priest. The word of God it answers all the questions about itself. It's complete. It's, it's all God wanted to say to us. Listen. Take it to heart. Let's pray. Father God, again, I want to just thank you for uh, your word. <laughs> you had Paul write to Timothy, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. And so we did that today. God, we just read your word and let it speak to us. Let you speak to us. And I pray that we would each here take that challenge and, and that you would help us. Help us see that we have the privilege right in our hands. And people throughout history and in our world today would die for a scrap of scripture. And we have it. Let us, let us own it. Let us love it. Teach us your decrees. Teach us your statutes, your precepts, your commands. We might love your law. We might love your truth. We love your ways. And thank you again, God, for this chance to be reminded here at the beginning of a new year that those who love the truth are yours. In Jesus' name, amen. I will go ahead and lead communion. Is that all right?
and have the elders come forward. We're going to serve. Okay. Such a privilege to partake together as God's people in this thing. Jesus gave to us to remember the, the heart, what it is that he's done for us, that his body was broken, that he came from the throne of heaven to this earth to take upon himself flesh and blood, become obedient to death, even death on a cross, to save us. That he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might in him become the righteousness of God. So the Apostle Paul said to the church in Corinth, I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. And let's pray first, and then you can pass that. God, thank you so much for, for your son, Jesus. Thank you for his uh, becoming the man God, the perfect sacrifice, the lamb who would take away the sin of the world. Thank you for his laying down his life for me, for each one of us, that we could have life, abundant and eternal. Thank you for this means that you've given us. It's so urgent just to take a piece of bread, but remember your body that was, that was for us. And I pray as we take together that you would impress upon us again your love for us, your giving up yourself, your suffering in our place and for our sin, that we might have life. Amen. Take them both at the same time? Okay. That's not the way. There you go. Thanks.
jar and get some. practice. This one. Ah, the things we do. <clears throat> Let me read again the words of Jesus. He said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant, my blood. Do this whenever you drink it. Let me pray first. God, thank you again for the, the blood of Christ, the Lamb of God, the precious Lamb of God. Thank you for the cleansing power of the blood of Christ. Not this drinking this cup, but that which was shed so long ago, and yet we believe that there you offered for us one perfect sacrifice, once for all, and through faith in what Jesus did there and offering up his life, his blood, we receive, we are offered, we receive forgiveness. Not forgiveness for, just for what we've done, but for the very nature that we were born with. And that through faith in the blood of Christ, you make perfect forever those who are being made holy. Thank you for the what you've done and for what you're doing and for the future that awaits for those who have put their trust in the blood of Christ, the spot of the slam. Amen. Cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Amen.